I'm Alex. I'm James. And I'm Dan. And this is the Regamuffin Music Podcast, a place for us to talk about the music we love. Every month we get together, talk about the latest news, music and trends in the world of alternative music. On this episode, we'll be reviewing the new albums from State Champs and Upon a Burning Body, as well as new singles from Straight From The Path, Lorna Shaw, and the long to come back from My Chemical Romance. And we're answering some questions from Jonathan Frakes. I can't wait for that. But first, let's look at some news. Starting things off, Azalea Dying have parted ways with bassist and clean vocalist Josh Gilbert, with both parties putting out statements of Josh wanting to pursue other musical opportunities, uh, but there are no negative feelings from either side. He was a very key part in their sound, so it'll be interesting to see how this changes moving forward. I know they've got Ryan from Miss May I filling in um, on an upcoming tour, who, again, has a really unique clean vocal sound, so it'll be really cool to hopefully see a bit of live footage and see how that sounds. I mean, I think they've got someone to fill in Nick's empty spot on guitar yeah. as well, which, again, that's sad they've left. Uh, He's gu- left. A guitarist from, I think, Unearth. I, think I can't so, remember yeah, his name, so. um, but I think the styles are quite similar, so he should fit in pretty easily. Sad. Uh, in happier news, Sid Wilson and Kelly Osborne are expecting their first child, so not a lot else to say apart from a massive congratulations to the couple for that. And sticking with baby news... The baby was born during the performance of Enter Sandman at a Metallica concert in Brazil at the beginning of May. The baby's mother went into labour three songs before the set was due to end, with both baby and mother healthy after the birth. Even James Hetfield gave the new family a call once he heard the news to congratulate them. What a way to be born. It's probably the best song to be born to. Yeah. To have live as well. That's a great story to like grow up and be like, oh, do you have any good like stories of when you were younger and be like... I was born to enter Sandman live. Well, you should be called Sandman. The Sandman, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Some more Metallica news. James Hetfield recently showed some vulnerability and honesty on stage in Brazil where he addressed the crowd and spoke about insecurities and feeling like he's too old to be doing what he's doing. Uh, His bandmates responded in a great big group hug and a show of support for Hetfield. I think it's just good for people like James Hetfield, probably one of the greatest frontmen, you know, especially in heavy music, but probably of all time, to even at the stage in their career they're at still you know feel that insecurity and show that to his fans and yeah i think it's inspiring and um reassuring for people who might be feeling the same way not necessarily in music but in whatever they're doing so well, i mean if he can show that kind of vulnerability in front of thousands and thousands of people and in and his bandmates then yeah it should be easy for someone else to speak out to just their mates really yeah absolutely so big love to james hetfield very much so um, Corey Taylor has launched the Taylor Foundation, a non-profit that exists to assist military members and first responders affected by post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, it's currently got a sweepstakes that you can enter to win a chance to fly from anywhere to London to see one of his sold-out shows at the London Palladium this October and get VIP treatment. You even get to go and have a coffee at him at his favourite coffee shop in London. So all you have to do to enter that sweepstakes is make a lovely donation at fandium.com slash sweeps slash Corey Taylor to be in with a chance to win that and support a very, very good cause. Lovely. And in neck deep news, uh, founding drummer Danny Abassi has announced his departure from the band to explore other musical options, with the band posting about it on the main accounts and personal accounts of how much they've enjoyed their time with him, being a part of the band and growing up together from the start. Shame. Yeah, phenomenal drummer, isn't he? I was really looking forward to that at Slam Dunk as well and knowing that he's not going to be there was... A very sad note, but I will still be very much looking forward to their set. And that leaves us with just two members from sort of the OG lineup now. 
being Western Ben. So weird. Mad. Finally, we saw the discontinuation of the iPod very recently with the final seventh generation iPod Touch no longer in production. Bring a close to 21 years of a portal media player that changed the way I think many people just listen to music. So that makes me feel really, really old. Yeah, really old. That's worried. It's a shame because people are never going to know. I mean, people sort of, it is redundant in a way. You yeah, sort of you've got have your it all on your phone now. But, but it's definitely a generational thing to like download stuff, especially the sort of YouTube MP3 player. Mm-hmm. Paste in your own artwork. <laughs> sort of. Make it ad- legit. Your own admin. I remember spending hours just renaming tracks and like, so yeah. pasting an artwork and stuff. What a shame. Good End time. of an era. Kids of nowadays will never know that struggle. Yeah. And that's the news. Should we talk about last episode's recommendations? No. <laughs> James, you recommended a Stone Cold classic. I did. I recommended American Idiot by Green Day. I mean, there's not much to say, really. You both know it. It's, yeah. it's an iconic album full of bangers. You can hear it and, and hear so many influences from mod- modern day bands. And to be fair, it's aged really well. Like yeah. some of these songs, I think, could be released now, and I'd enjoy them as much as I I do knowing that they're classics. Mm. They just they really just hold the test of time, and that's something from an album that's what now shit like sixteen no eighteen years old. Yeah. It was two thousand and four. I remember that coming out. That eighteen years later, it still sounds like they're fresh, they're enjoyable. It's fun. It's great songwriting for them to last that long. I think is quite a testament to the band. Yeah, one thing I liked about it was that on Spotify, it coupled up um, a lot of the songs. So Holiday and Boulevard of Broken Dreams were in one song. Are We the Waiting, St. Jimmy. Um, I think things like that are just cool because it sort of reinforces the album experience. Um, which for an album like this, where it's sort of it's like a loose sort of concept, isn't it? Um, but it is, yeah. That's the yeah. thing people forget is that it is a concept album and there is a storyline behind that. And it's easy to miss sometimes if you don't know about it as well. Yeah. Um, I th- just thought that was a really cool little thing to sort of, yeah, just reinforce the album as a whole um, because Cut it's one flow. of the best. Yeah, Dan, what did you recommend? I recommended The Wonder Years, Suburbia, I've Given You All and Now I'm Nothing. It was great. <laughs> what was the one you recommended previously? It was Greatest Generation. That was Greatest Generation. I think I maybe prefer this one slightly. Um, I don't know, it was sort of, one of those things that I can't quite put my finger on why, but I just think it was just connected to me a little bit better. I think I just probably need to give it some more listens before they're set at Slam Dunk. Because I was a bit on the fence about whether or not I was going. That's mainly now why I recommended I, it. Just, yeah. just to kind of now that I've either, I've either convince to it, you guys to go to the set or to, so you can have a, an opportunity yeah. to revise. Yeah, now that I've heard it, I'm dead set on being at that set. So I just need to give it a bit more. But also, I mean, it opens with one of the best pop-punk album openers. That's what I'm really excited for with Slam Dunk. Like, yeah. they, they often close on Came Out Swinging, but to open with it is just going to be a huge yeah. like, energy gonna burst. Come out swinging from Do the Do you start. think they'll play any other big hits? Just ever, like... I, I don't know. They only seem to have like a 45-minute set. Yeah. So, I mean, the album's runtime is about 40 minutes. So, Not maybe like they'll it. sneak a new single in there or something. Maybe. But, great band. Great vocalist. No, I... I really enjoyed it as well and I think I enjoyed it more than Greatest Generation as well um, the production and mix I think is something that the more that I've been exposed to them as a band that I've enjoyed so much and it just sounds so so nice so crisp so just great songwriting throughout the whole thing and lyrics that really I think have you 
like listening intently and in, just easy listening in general. Um, I've always liked how on that album and the the one before it, they're kind of telling they're sort of telling the story of their adolescence in it, a way. You can kind of, of feel that as well. You can relate to it, even though even though they sing about really specific things, like being in a diner, for example, mm. at a specific diner at a specific place and specific events happening. You can kind of still relate to it and picture you and your own friends there. Yeah, I can see that, and like the whole album, kind of as that just flowed as well and like just had a nice pacing and like a given you all was like a nice breather in the middle like not in the middle but towards the latter half yeah. of it before those like last few tunes um that kind of just helped break up slightly and just breathable kind of in terms of a whole like digestion of an album uh local man ruins everything and my life as a pigeon were favorites for me they really stood out and some phenomenal song names as well um and an album that i'm definitely gonna have to revisit more as well and who do they clash with at slam dunk because I've kind of set out my route and they weren't involved and now yeah, I'm having to no, think a little no bit. No one that I want to see, I don't think. Okay. I either, to, that I or to... just, either that or I was so dead set on the one years that I yeah. didn't look at who else they were with. I'm going to have to very seriously look I'm, at my slam dunk. I'm, I'm finding it. Finding though, it. But I think because I, I had previously set out what my path was going to be and I've kind of got a rough idea. And then off the back of this, knowing this is going to get played in full. They finish they start sorry 10 minutes before the end of mum jeans and they start immediately at the end of amity affliction set so it might be maybe a case of leaving amity a couple of minutes early to get there go into this um or if you are at mum jeans leaving mum jeans as soon as it's done to get to this one whichever or you know just go vibe to it anyway yeah i think mum jeans might be on the stage closer so it might be there yeah mum jeans is going to be a good vibe anyway so alex yes your recommendation I recommended Internal Incarceration by Year of the Knife in anticipation of their set at Outbreak. I mean, I only had the one chance to listen to it in full and you were there. And, man, the riffage, incredible. Slaps, doesn't it? Enjoyed every single song. Um, it makes you want to give it so many more listens and I think immediately, just off that one album listen, I am really, really wanting to see them at Outbreak. There wasn't a song on the album I didn't enjoy. Um, I mean, there were some standouts, Get It Out, Stay Away, and the title track, I think, stood out the most. Uh, but the whole thing was just such a great, easy listen for something that's so heavy, which is a weird one to say. But I absolutely loved it from start to finish. And ev as every new track came on, there was something in there that just grabbed me straight away. And that's not an easy thing to do with an album, to have that consistent from start to finish. So I, I really loved this. So straight away, the album artwork is sick. Yes. Uh, and so is the music. Um, I really loved the sound of the sort of distortion on the bass. thought that was really cool running throughout the album. Uh, also enjoyed all the tempo changes and some of the old time signatures, uh, most effectively on Final Tears. And I always love uh, transitions between tracks. My favourite on this one being um, going from Six Statistic into Eviction. Yeah, really cool. Um, I think 30 minutes runtime for the album is about right. I think any longer and it, it could have got a little bit samey and draining yeah. but yeah i loved it yeah i think the cool thing about outbreak is probably going to be having two or three recognizable songs for each band that we plan on seeing yeah. because it's going to be a marathon not a sprint to try and mm. pit pit through that weekend so yeah i think picking out some like chosen favorites you know from this album was sort of my intention so that when we hear it live you guys can go Straight into the pit. 
I think I'll wait for this. That, that could be something that I do. So yeah, very enjoyable. Nice. Should we move on to the latest releases then? Yes. Yeah. So we've got a brand new tune from Death of Anna on the wire. What do you make of it? This is my first time ever listening to Death of Anna, which I don't know. It seems odd because they've been around for so long, but I just sort of never seem to have not bothered because it sounds like I'm being lazy, but just never seem to have found a chance to listen to them. Um, but I thought it was cool. I liked it. I didn't really know what I was expecting because I didn't know at all like where they were on the sort of heavy to light spectrum. Um, but considering what the rest of our reviews were like, it was a nice sort of change actually to have something yeah, that was point. <laughs> that was so strong, had such strong melodies and such big chorus, such a big chorus. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a really cool song. And am I right in thinking it's now only two members in the band? Yeah, there's only James and his brother Matt that are still going now. Yeah, which is a shame, but it's great that they're still inspired to to keep writing music yeah. and keep putting out some good stuff. Do you feel as I'm assuming you've listened to them before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was, I'm quite a big Death of Anna fan. Okay. So is this like a similar stylistically to what they've done it's, before? They've kind of had a bit of a journey and a progression. This is quite similar to what they've put out on their previous album um, in terms of it being quite poppy, quite radio-friendly. Um, I'd say this is more on the radio-friendly side of things. It's definitely a single and very simple in terms of song structure as well, I found, but really, really nice. Um, I especially loved the bridge section. Where James's vocals really, yeah, he really had a chance to kind of project them, and the, the kind of the choir adds a bit of like a gospel feeling as well, which reinforces those vocals as well. I love a choir, love a background choir. I mean, yeah, I I really enjoyed this as well. It was just a really nice vocal centric song with like lovely harmony sections that were just so pleasing to listen to. And it sounds just very well produced and very well thought out. Um, love the bass line in the intro and the verses. It just pops through nicely in the mix and. Yeah, it, it just a, a nice, easy listen. Like you say, compared to everything else we've got in this, it was very, re- very refreshing. Um, like it's not necessarily anything I'd always necessarily go to, but like taking like kind of that appreciation for it, like the songwriting, the structure was lovely. Like I said, the production was amazing, and I can really just appreciate and recognize how pleasant a listen it was, and yeah, really, really catchy as well. So yeah, good tune. I'll have to play you guys like some old Death of Anna and some new Death and like so you can compare it to this and see kind of how much it changed in the evolution. I'll be intrigued. Moving on, we got further proof if proof be needed that Straight From The Path are one of the sickest bands of the year uh, with three. It's just so cool, isn't it? I keep thinking they're not going to build up my hype for the new album anymore and then it, it just goes even higher. Yeah. Um, as a song, like the intro gets me every time. Like seeing the reference that they put on like social media about it being the Barney the Dinosaur I was original say, clip. If you read that, yeah. I, I saw them put that up and that it made me laugh so much. Um, we'll do this one and then grab it. Uh, it's like groovy riffs from the start and it's like a nice pairing in the instrumental section that I feel like clicks so well. Like, especially between like Tom and uh, Craig's drum parts and like the back and forth they have, you can tell, is so tight. And how they, it said before, like how they write the song together. It's so, so evident. I think that they really think of the song structure in that. Uh, Drew's performance, 
is incredible. The opening line of part three, because fuck one, two, has been on my head ever since I first heard it. And I find myself at work just kind of singing it around in my head. Um, it's a killer tune. I think that's the thing about these two songs that's stood out the most is how good and strong the choruses are. Yeah. Especially the way that Drew's delivering it. Because um, like this one is like, I don't know, it just sounds like like pure fury coming down on you like but it it's also catchy as well and it mm. and it bops as well i think um it's been some of drew's best vocal performances mm -hmm. definitely and lyrically as well i think when with this part one and two being so big in their catalog you have to have some confidence in this song to to follow through on adding to the saga and i think it follows up especially part two really yeah. really well yeah, what do you think, Dan? I really liked the way how they made it feel like nothing's changed since part two. Like there's kind of a lethargic feel to the way Drew announces part three. It's it's yeah, kind of like a, a tiring of it. We're doing this again because nothing's mm. changed and we still have to talk about this. And then there's like the sluggish riff going along with it. Um the slug chug, if you will. Um <laughs> yeah, it's like they're fed up about talking about cops being dicks and mm. how they have to just keep doing it again and again. And then it switches up to the blast beat section. Is like, oh, man. it's like the the cop character that Drew's playing in the video is just snapped and is just like they're saying the lyrics kill him without question. I like you said that that video. They must have had so much fun filming that because it just every time I watch it, it makes me laugh. Um, I watched this when they dropped it on the stream on Twitch, uh, and like the fan response was amazing. They played like two or three times through. They play like the full album tease that they've got for uh, Euthanasia coming out in September. And, and that was incredible. I just, yeah. I think this, I mean, expecting Tala in September. Still meant to be expecting a Slipknot album this year. But I think this has now become my most anticipated album of the year. Big Jumping ahead of that, so. Yeah, and you, on top of all of that, you've got Will Putney producing, who is just, just doesn't miss. The best modern heavy music producer. Yeah without any question so yeah september 9th euthanasia cannot wait peek behind the curtain we just stopped recording for a pizza break it was lovely and now alex's belly will not rumble <laughs> anymore huzzah satisfied right should we do the next review let's yes. go next up we've got suicide silence with thinking in tongues this was an interesting one because i came out this from a perspective of probably being the biggest fan but also from being like, seeing how much Deathcore has evolved in the last two years specifically, it was it was like nice to hear a song that I'm like, yeah, cool, that's Suicide Silence. That's that's the sound that I know and that I usually like. But it felt like it was still stale because of how much Deathcore has progressed. Bands like Lorna Shaw, Slaughter to Prevail, Dying Wish, Fit for an Autopsy. All these bands releasing so much like higher quality and I guess slightly more diverse Deathcore that I was like, yeah, cool. Great riffs. Eddie sounds good. Some nice drum parts. It's wonderfully heavy. Um, but apart from that, it didn't actually redo really a lot for me. Yeah, I think my interpretation was that it was just sort of more of an old school sound. So I think I wasn't too... I don't want to say that you were hating on it, but I wasn't too, as negative, I don't think. Mm -hmm. I think I just quite enjoyed it. I think my problem with Suicide Silence is they've been so inconsistent since the start of the Eddie era, mm -hmm. that a song like this, which has got very nice riffs, it's quite a pretty 
not I don't want to say by the numbers as an insult, but it's a pretty strong Standard suicide song. silence yeah. song. But because they've been so inconsistent and probably lost a few fans from some of the less good music they've put out, it's probably just going to end up going under the radar, I think. And ultimately, it's just ends up just being there it exists. without doing anything profound. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Which I think overall is a shame because they're still a cool band, but I think they've just sort of lost their shine. I thought it was just fine. Mm. Like it's, There's a nice breakdown. Um, I liked the way the kick drum mirrored the riff. Um, but it just didn't do much to hook me in, really. I've not listened to that much Suicide Silence, so I can't really speak on the way they've progressed and how this differs to, to much of their older stuff, but I thought it was just okay. Very kind of general consensus, though, yeah. I guess, then, isn't it? It's like, <clears throat> sounds like them. Sounds like them. It's, it's a song by Suicide Silence. Philadelphia hardcore band Varials have marked the start of the new era with The Cycle of Violence, Chapter 1. This is the first release to showcase Mitch as the new vocalist, as he moved to the frontman position from guitar after Travis left back in 2020. And I think it's thunderous. Oh, that's a good word to describe. Um, I've been a Varials fan for a while, and I've been watching as many live videos as possible to hear what Mitch sounds like. So it's been really good to actually now have it on a recording. And I think he sounds great. I think people were really in love with how Travis sounded. Um, but I think this is a really, really strong replacement. I think he sounds really good. What did you guys think of it? I really liked it. Um, I think the production for me sets it apart, um, especially with the drums that thump throughout the whole song. There's like an ambient noise in the background that adds to the atmosphere of the song as well. And then the same goes for the clean vocals in the chorus. There's an effect on them making them sound kind of ghostly and yeah. creepy, which I thought was really cool. And then the slowdown for the breakdown is just chef's kiss. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I'd ever listened to Varials before this, and I just really, really enjoyed it. Uh, the instrumentals had like some really subtly nice moments. I don't think jump out massively, but allow for the song to like really properly flow, groove, and also still just be heavy as fuck and make you want to headbang. And the vocals were just so strong at like the center of the mix. I think they just had such a nice tone in like the heaviness, but also such clarity. Like I'm I'm hearing the words that are being said, yeah, and absolutely loving it. And it just really pulled me into the song even more. And yeah, I saw so much hype about this in particular on Twitter as well. Um, I was like, cool, okay, I'm looking forward to listening to this. And now I'm seeing why there was that much hype. It was very deserved. And I feel like I'm going to have to get some recommendations from you, Alex, and maybe a little playlist made because I feel like I need to check out some more variables now. That can easily be arranged. <laughs> I also really liked the um, the production on the vocals as well, especially that... Uh, the like, uh, I'm going to have to do it. It's going to sound weird. Go for it. <laughs> the, uh, the like, <laughs> part after the... Sorry, which part? <laughs> that had like that that had like so many layers to it and that that echo on it mm. and it was i just i thought it sounded really cool i like also that um so they said that the song is about taking someone's life out of pure revenge and how that lust for revenge can create a cycle of violence relatable and i think that's um i think it's interesting because when it came out i didn't listen to it <laughs> that's tickled you hasn't it, that's got me, yeah. <laughs> we can all relate to that <laughs> Um, when it first came out before we put it in our review playlist I was listening to it just as the single on its own on Spotify and because it was looping it's sort of I like when I don't know it, it was a really easy song to listen on a loop and I thought it was interesting because it sort of mirrors the fact that the song is about being stuck in a cycle and that every time it finished and it started again I was just like 
I don't want to turn this off. I think I listened to it about six or seven times in a row, like when it first dropped. So constant loop. So what you're yeah. saying is Spotify gave it some more artistic integrity with Well, I get, no, I don't know. I guess by playing on a loop. Maybe you. just the way that I, I I don't know, I think bands are probably just smartening up a bit now to using streaming services to their advantage. Maybe. I don't want to give Spotify any credit. True. Let's not do that. No. But our podcast is available to listen to on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please go follow. Yeah, I'm just very excited for their next album now. My Chemical Romance came back with The Foundations of Decay um, after a very, very long time away. I'm quite neutral to this. I was never a massive My Chemical Romance fan. They've had some good tunes, but I don't think it ever appealed enough for me to make the effort just to listen to them and really enjoy it. So I think a lot of the hype that came out around when this was released went right over my head. Like As a song... Like I say, it doesn't do too much. Musically, there's some nice moments. Vocally, that really didn't, like, nothing for me and felt kind of, I guess, disappointing in general from what I was expecting. Um, and I was speaking to a few other people who've kind of experienced the same kind of slight disappointment, I guess. Um, but that's just me kind of not being much of a fan. I don't know about you guys. Well, I was never that much of my Chemical Romance fan as well, but I think this is a really cool song. Um I'm relieved as well that they're not just back as part of like a marketing campaign or to make money. It seems they actually have some proper, like cohesive art to share. Um, it's a bit of a ballad at six minutes long, but I think it's great. There's something, for me at least, that, that keeps me entertained and wanting to continue listening all the way through. A little bit of a breakdown in there as well, which is a bit cheeky. And although a lot of people online I've read don't like the mix, in particular the vocals, I, I think it's fine. I thought the mix was a bit odd. I don't, but I I couldn't really pinpoint what about the mix I didn't like. I just thought it didn't sound. It, I don't know. I just don't think it benefited the song, sounding the way that it did. I think I'm probably about as ambivalent as you can get about this. I got no feelings one way <laughs> or the other. Um, so I don't know. The six minutes managed to pass both slowly and quickly. <laughs> both at the same time. Um, I do have to respect the sort of they could have come back with a three minute sort of radio driven song but to come back with a six minute sort of meandering all not all over the place in that it's a mess but sort of song that goes everywhere from like the quiet of quiet to the screen i know they didn't really need to do any promo for it as Mm. well but to just drop it as well it's on a random day without any kind of teasing as well yeah just on a a random tuesday i don't know if it was tuesday (laughs) um but you know the emos are happy so that's the main thing. Yeah, like, it's I'm, nice I'm, to see people. I'm happy liking about seeing it. people being excited, going to see them live, yeah. excited about the new song. That is nice to it's see. It's nice to fair, see, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm quite a profound hater, so it's quite nice to see people just having their fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> fair play. Moving on, Lorna Shaw released Sanita. I think I was a bit underwhelmed. You know, I really enjoyed the EP last year. I thought it was a great sort of defiant statement with Will being their new vocalist, and I think. Um, this one just doesn't reach that same peak in terms of t- sort of the music itself being interesting. He's an incredible vocalist. The things that he does are amazing, but I just don't think the instruments instrumentals keep up with what he's doing. It doesn't. He can only carry it so far. I think um, there's a ceiling almost. That yeah, they're not up to his par. And I think some of the instrumentals on the, across the EP were really good, but this song in particular, I, just, I didn't feel that impressed by it let's go from the start of the song that grand orchestral kind of intro almost to me sounded like something out of lord of the rings 
like the Lord of the Rings score or the Hobbit or something, which is quite fitting because it sounds like Gollum's got hold of the mic at times. All jokes aside, though, the vocals are nuts, and I absolutely love the slap of that snare drum during some of the breakdowns. Nice little solo in there as well, but again, it kind of feels like Will's carrying the song, like you've already mentioned, and everyone else is kind of just there going, oh, we'll do a little breakdown here. We'll do... Blast here. Yeah, a bl- yeah. little blast beat here, something else here. I oh, will do... And the way the orchestral part kind of faded in and out as well, it was like the song was split into sections and it just seemed to slow it down quite a lot, I felt. I think with some of that orchestral stuff, it, it started going slightly more like black metal-y for me as well and kind of gave me those vibes, which that just, I guess, in the nicest way to you, Alex, because I know you like it, it just put me off. Um... And like, yeah, I completely agree. The things that he can do with his voice are absolutely insane and mad. But it almost felt to me slightly gimmicky in this song, and that it like it took away from it, and I couldn't actually take it that seriously in a way. And like the instrumentals, solid, some nice like riff moments, but again, like from like a drumming perspective, it felt just like fast and unrelenting with blast beats all the time, like not as much diversity in the instrumental that would actually kind of draw me in even as a drum like perspective and get me in at that so i was like yeah i can see where you're like you're very whelmed by it It, again kind of happened didn't really blow me away i much prefer the ep um so yeah i guess slightly disappointed oh well should we move on to some albums now well i guess i guess an ep to start kind of an ep to start one one that i haven't stopped banging on about it's profound morality by harriet you described this i think dan on our Instagram story when it first came out, it was a stonker of an album. I did. You're correct. Very apt. I thought that was a perfect description of it. Um, the thing that stood out to me the most was how impressive the sort of atmosphere and like world building was. I think a lot of bands can sort of miss the mark um, in trying to do that. I think there are only a few albums in recent memory that have done it well. Underneath by Code Orange, both of Vayne FM's albums and then Not Loose's Tear in the Fabric of Life EP. And I think I would add this Harriet release to that list of like perfectly creating a singular sound and then exploring that sort of fully within the album as, yeah. as it runs. It felt like quite a... I felt quite transported. Like at times it was like being dragged through hell, like by chains. And then at times it was like a peek into the future of like a bleak, like, cold world. I don't know. I just, I felt quite... Um, That's some great imagery. I like that. I, yeah, I, th- I think I felt quite... just evoked, like, a lot of mental images for me. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean, though, because yeah. there's, like, a really nice balance of, kind of, the chaotic heaviness that you expect from a band like this. And then there's, like, the quieter, floaty moments as well that, uh, yeah. like you said, building that world, creating that imagery as well. And I think, sort of, when looking at some of the artwork as well, they've sort of intentionally left a lot of it very... Vague and (laughs) orange, yeah, (laughs) true, true. But it's all very vague and very, um, like nothing's clear, and you can't really make anything out um, to interpretation. Yeah, I think think that sort of adds to this whole like you can listen to this and you can take your own thing from it, yeah, sort of interpret it however you want. Uh, this is one that from my first listen to it kind of had initial response, and it's actually grown on me since then. Um, there is such a strong and heavy wall of sound, I think, throughout the whole thing, instrumentally, like very well done but still unrelenting in that and it's very aggressive i thought the vocals are a bit too low in the mix for me i would have enjoyed them a little bit 
louder. That's see, fine. I, I think that adds to the world building. I can see how it does, but I guess in it's terms like, of it's like a, they're not at the front. It's like they're yeah. a ghost, just kind of as as that though. But then, like from from coming like a, a musically analytical, I guess point from that. I just I don't know for what appeals to me that draws me in is I'll have like that kind of like strong vocal bit front and yeah. center that would be like okay that's kind of like sometimes a do or die on a band um, you can have some very standard instrumentals but if the vocals don't pull you in that's all it's going to be standard um, Carmine fills a hollow I'd be picturing myself in a circle bit right from when it started and for those like one minute and forty odd seconds I was just I literally had the image of just me in a circle pit the whole time which is just quite. A fun so, image. So Alex builds up the image of like a desolate mm. post-apocalyptic wasteland and then in the inner circle pit. Yeah, fuck <laughs> it. Love that. Um, See, open to interpretation. Yeah, exactly. The duality of man. <laughs> I felt at times like the songs were so short I couldn't fully get into them. I think like it just left me wanting more which isn't necessarily a bad thing because I enjoyed what I heard but it just felt like sometimes it wasn't enough and like I'm wanting more out of it it just felt like a bit preemptive like being just cut off. I was like, ah, fuck. Okay, I'm starting to like maybe a minute or so, minute 20, get into the song and then 20 seconds later it's finishing. So that that made it a little bit juttery for me in terms of trying to get into it more. But I think that might be a good thing because then with the, the songs being short and the overall length being short, you come away thinking, oh God, I can't wait for more, for them to release more. Yeah. I think it, I think it yeah. is a very... Um, yeah, I, I don't Very think I don't think that it was done deliberately, no. but I think it works quite yeah, well. Yeah, sort of that it's like leaving nice, you wanting more definitely. It's a nice little showcase of like, hey, this is what we can do. Mm. That's Follow what I think, us, like, come see us at download. Yeah, come exactly. see us at trees, all these gigs we're playing. I think a little bit underwhelmed from that in terms of wanting that little bit more, but I can still like hear so much potential and what they could become and them only being so like young as a band and just breaking through they are definitely people to watch out for. I think one of the things, it lends itself really well to like the album format. I don't think it'd have the same kind of magic if you just listen to one song on its own in a playlist. I think no, it's true. it works best start to finish the yeah. whole collection of songs together. Because you'll have like, it starts off with Abaddon, which is kind of basically just setting the atmosphere and getting you ready for Coalescence, which follows you and hits him with pace and power. And then the next song will kind of chill out a bit again so yeah i think it lends itself well to be one cohesive thing yeah especially with the use of like i think if you took out all the sort of interlude songs um i I don't think it would feel as cohesive and as um sort of thorough yeah a little bit like then my immediate thought is that static dress ep where I, I guess what it was called yeah, where yeah, for me long. particularly to, to a lesser extent but yeah. I know, you're, that I know was, what you mean that yeah. was one that you kind of had those songs peppered in there and like almost like the interlude you kind of like pull through sections from song to song took me out of that a bit too much this one is was better yeah. at kind of keeping you involved and in like the same mind frame and make it an easier transition to listen to the I whole think the struggle with the static dress one was that it was very story driven whereas the interludes here are a bit more sort of thematic like atmosphere like tension building um which is why i think they give more whereas the static dress ones probably take away from the experience Mm. of the songs in my opinion (laughs) i must see at festivals this summer then you reckon i I think so yes i think they're gonna put on a great performance and this is the start of something very good for them and who knows we may 
seen him get an award at the Heavy Music Awards, which we'll be going to again this year. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. We move on to a new album from Upon a Burning Body, Fury. I think you sort of get the gist of it after a few songs, but I still think they are, in, in a way, a still really underrated band. And I think they do things throughout this album that are really cool that a lot of other bands aren't able to replicate, especially the tone of Danny's screams and the way that Ruben just like rips through a solo. Mm-hmm. I think they're able to blend um, guitar solos into metalcore in a way that I don't think it's really been done in quite a long time since like bands like Killswitch and Gage have been able to do My it. My immediate thought was an ocean between us. Yeah. Like hearing some of the solos that Nick had on that. It's a bit front-loaded. I think the first half of the album was a lot better than the latter half. Um, but... You know, if we ever see them live, there'll be one or two from this album that I'd really love to hear. I guess there's, there's definitely a few bangers in here as well. Um, Snake Eyes, I love, and I loved that when it first came out as well. Um, Clarity's awesome. Meltdown reminds me of um, that Polaris, that most recent Polaris album. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. And um, that bit in Shapeshifter, the block out the light from the moon bit, was just really cool, I thought. I think, yeah, it's like, it, like you said, it's not their best release. However, you've got some tunes in there. It still feels like they're kind of, there's a bit of evolution from the old music. You're hearing like Danny's like cleans getting better and you're hearing like more progression in that, which is really nice. And like you said, some of those guitar solos are so nice. I still think like a new responsibility is a great way to kick off the album. It was, I loved it as a single and I love it on here. I thought Code of Honor and Humbling My Skin to end it were like a nice surprise. Latter half, it did kind of like tail off a bit, and I thought this was a nice like two song bit to end off the album a little bit stronger. Um, solid tracks, and I just found it a very, very enjoyable listen. And it just kind of reiterated in my head how much I want to see this band again. I saw them on the Red, White is Green tour, which was quite a while ago now. Supporting Death Punch, wonderful gig. I, I will stand by that. <laughs> Wouldn't really go and see them now, a little bit different. However, I would love to see a Ponomone Body again. I think it'd be very fun and a good experience. I'd love to see Upon a Burning Body live. Do you know who we have seen live before, though? State Champs. And they came out with Kings of the New Age, a new album. What do you think? It's just exactly what you'd expect from a State Champs, really, isn't it? Yeah. They they never really do anything mad. It's just good, solid pop punk. Um, I have to say that that Ben Barlow feature's grown on me now. It's grown on me as well. Yeah. I think if I didn't look at it as Ben Barlow I, I enjoy it more yeah I know exactly <laughs> what you like mean. I think yeah. when it first came out there was just such a like you, you think about the the golden eras of both of those bands not that they're mm. both necessarily on decline because I think this is a really great State Champs album but in terms of when pop punk was at its absolute peak sort of 2016 to 2018 would have been such a great time for a feature yeah. but you gotta take what you can get but I think the vibes on this album just immaculate. I listened to it when it was really, really sunny for about three days in the UK. They, they've released <laughs> it around the perfect time yeah. there, haven't they? And I was just walking in the sun and I just thought, there's not a single bad thought in my head. I'm just happy. That's the thing. It's like, it just gave me the vibes immediately. I know they're not there this year, but obviously we saw them at Slam Dunk last year and I'm just thinking about sitting in a field, having a cider with my mates, chilling, listening to pop punk, sun beaming down. Um, and making me look forward to Slam Dunk even more than I already am. I think the singles like really do stand out very strongly still, like just standing out in my head in particular. I think 
maybe it's just because we've heard them before, but because they have such a good catchiness to them, when they kind of came on throughout as the album like progressed, I was like, oh, cool. Familiar tune and just jamming along. And it's just such an easy listening. It's chilled. They have some weirdly deceptive, like little nice riffs that you don't yeah. always expect as well. And some lovely, like beautiful Tom sections you get in pop punk. Catchy lyric lines. They just kind of don't really miss on what just seems like a consistent album from start to finish. I feel like as well with the title being Kings of the New Age and starting with the song Here to Stay, I feel like with a lot of bands that have moved away from pop punk, this feels like a really strong way of them saying, this is what we do and this is what we're proud of doing and we're going to do it better than anyone else this year. And we're I think here. I think they have. I think um, what another thing I really liked about the album was the features were really well-placed throughout the album but also felt appropriate to the song. We talked about the Ben Barlow one, but... Chrissy from, I think it's Against the Current. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought her feature was great and I loved the four-year strong feature as well on Sundress. Uh, See, at first I was disappointed with the four-year strong feature, but it's only because I was expecting like a four-year strong breakdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, after getting over that, it was great. Yeah, I think it's the same with the Ben Barlow one. Is like you, When I think of Ben Barlow, I still think of like the grit in his voice from the early yeah. days. and it was a bit whiny. Yeah. But because that's kind of what New Neck Deep sounds like anyway. I yeah. kind of I've accepted Adjusted it now. To it, yeah. yeah. Um and I think y- I just forget how good they are at writing hooks. I think the thing that's made this album so repeatable for me is that a new song or a new chorus is standing out each time. And uh I think I'll say that Out of My Head might be a contender for my all time favourite state champ song. Definitely up there. And they got some so, bangers as well. To be honest, like, I'm looking at the, the track list from the album and if I just read them one by one, I can hear each chorus in my head. Yeah. Like whether they're a single or not, every single song of those I, I'm hooked into and I've, I've got them in my head, which I think is a great success. How many bands could you say you could do that for? Not many, I don't think. Exactly. That's the other thing. I don't listen to State Champs that often, like on record. Yeah, but when I do... But, oh. but whenever we see them live... I know every single word and I have the best time. Or like if we're out somewhere, like when we go to these festivals this summer, State Champ's going to be on that playlist in the campsite. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. sure. Definitely. I think that was most on show when we saw them at Slam Dunk last year. I was like singing along to songs that I didn't even realise I had learnt the lyrics for and I was just like, how, have I, how am <laughs> how I just doing this? this? I think... Well, they they played... Was it Out of My Head? Was yeah. you at the time? They'd yeah, released yeah. it like the day before Slam Dunk. We hadn't really listened to it, but... We were singing along by the, yeah. by the last chorus. Great band. And they've got such a great way of, they will convert people into listening to them as well because like, I've been in the car with Ruben and we've been listening to it, driving around, like going from gym and then that comes on. And it's like people who don't listen to them just kind of get drawn to them and they have such a great kind of way about doing that. And again, that's something that's so difficult for bands to be able to do. It's there, yeah, special. Well, well, there we go. We're an absolutely lovely month. But what's coming up, James? On June 3rd, we've got three albums. We've got Bleed From Within with Shrine, Memphis May Fire with Remade in Misery, and Red Handed Denial with I'd Rather Be Asleep. The following week, in June 10th, we've got Dragged Under with Upright Animals, and Motionless in White with Scoring the End of the World. Which ones are you most looking forward to? Dragged Under. Oh, I'm a sucker for a bit of theatrics, so I'm going to say the Motionless in White album, because they were a really sick band, and I've not listened to them in a while. And there's a Brian Garris feature on that album. I think I'm going to go with the Red Handed Denial one. I remember listening to their first album, I think it was, off the back of seeing that Lauren was doing stuff for Jared and we had Crazy 88. So I thought, oh, let me go and check them out. And it's a sick album, so 
intrigued to see how that goes. Shall we have a dive into our comments from the last month? Let's, Let's dive. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Woo! Look at that waveform peak on the woos. <laughs> uh, we had quite a few comments on our video about Download Festival and what was wrong with it. Titled, The Problem with Download Festival. Um, Amaretta Lemonade, delicious, um, has said that they're really sad that Disturbed and System of a Down aren't going this year. They're excited to see them and also that a lot of bands have pulled out. Um, looking at the lineups from years previous, they're amazing for earlier festivals, probably because those bands weren't quite as big. I'm going in with the mindset this year that bands that are further down the lineup this year may be the same in a few years. I think they mean that the bands yeah, they'll be moving up. will move yeah. up the lineup. I mean, I second that first part as well. I was so like really looking forward to System of a Down Disturbed. Two bands that I kind of grew up on quite a bit on that I've never had a chance to see. And who wouldn't love to go and see Chop Suey live? Like, it'd be so much fun. But yeah, sadness on that. Yeah, you got, it's, it's been a bit shit with like festivals being cancelled because of the events of the last few years and whatnot and bands having to drop out here, there and everywhere. That you'd hope that um, potentially next year those bands would be rebooked um, to sort of fulfil the obligation to the fans that I guess we're looking yeah. forward to seeing them. You'd hope so. But yeah, I agree about um, a lot of the lower down bands hopefully moving up. Um, or like bands from previous years, for example, we saw Trivium. No, we didn't see Trivium. James saw Trivium in 2019. I did. And I would really like to see them return to an even higher position. Um, and they drew quite the crowd for that as well. And there was there was a very, very good response to them. And again, since then, they've released two banging albums. So why not? Yeah. And that's why I think it's important if there's perhaps bands on earlier in the day that you, you haven't got any bands on that you want to see go and check something out go and discover something new they, they might be higher up in the lineup in years to come yeah you can, you can brag about it and be like hey i saw them on the the little stage on the dog tea stage yeah i mean as you'll hear in our upcoming download preview little mini podcast episode there are so many great bands lower down the bill and i think it's actually refreshing to to be able to say that download is championing up-and-coming music especially in the british scene because oh yeah there are bands down there like we like harriet who are one of the first bands of the whole festival hopefully in a few years time could be you know high up second stage or headline yeah, headlining avatar yeah you never know so yeah i second that you've just got to go and see those bands early on because it'll be worth your time sticking with the same video we've got matt here saying I've been going since 2011, and for me, this year is the most uninspired lineup I've ever seen. I'd love to see fresh bands like Bring Me the Horizon headlining, or bands like My Chemical Romance, who would get a great reception now compared to 2007. I can see that because it's always going to be dependent on who like you listen to a lot. I think there's definitely like bands that as soon as I saw Download lineup being released, I'm like, cool, I want to see them, I want to see them. So for me, it's like, okay, I've got the excitement there on, on who I want to see. But then I still get that kind of counterpoint. And that's the whole kind of part of the video of like, we need a new breed to come through. We need different headliners that aren't stale, that, that again, I draw the crowd still, but that you've not seen there before to make people want to go there and, and visit there. Because um, it's such a great festival. And why not have as many people go as possible? Yeah, I don't want to say too much about speculating on future headliners because I think we might talk about that uh, in the next episode for our discussion. But... Um, I think Biffy is a really great choice for a headline. I think people look at main stage 
I'm not, I don't mean this as a dig at the guy left the comment, but I think people will form a lot of their opinion on what main stage looks like. And um, as we've said, a lot of the, the best parts of this lineup is like Avalanche and Dogtooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in terms of our taste. Um, and I think main stage does perfectly cater to the typical download goer. I think this year's a good, a r- pretty good lineup. Yeah. yeah, I agree. You know, you've got Kiss playing potentially their last ever UK show because they're on their fifth last ever tour. <laughs> Maiden are, you know, I know this is going to be their fifth time headlining, but they are a big draw. And Biffy are there to offer something completely different. So, sorry, I don't mean to argue with the comment, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it is a good year for download. Mm. And then we've got one final comment on our Muse video. Oh, um, yeah. Did Muse rip off Bring Me the Horizon Sleep Token? Yes. yes Renault did. has said, in quotation marks, Matt Bellamy is suck. He got money. You got nothing. What do you have to say to that, guys? Uh, There's no coming back from that, is there? No. Look, fair play to Muse. If I could make a career off being mediocre, I'd do it. <laughs> if I, if <laughs> I, I love that we're doubling down yeah. on the, on the if I could, If I could be a less imaginative boring version of Tool who are already boring and milk that for stadium shows I'd absolutely do it so fair play to Muse we do in fact suck Matt Bellamy yeah. would love to have you on <laughs> yeah. what, what would be your perfect gig <laughs> <laughs> Architects Sleep Token Malevolence at Alexandra Palace what a gig there's that saying really doesn't it you don't have a band like Architects or a band like all three of those bands mm. playing a venue like Ali Pali and have a bad time. It was just, it was a lovely day out. Just kind of taking them out to the beginning. Please go check out our vlog if you haven't seen it by any chance. It is probably one of the best things I think we're we're proudest of putting out. Um, just a great day, a great group of people. Um, some people we rarely have gone to gigs with. Some people it was their first gig as well and it was just a nice group. Everyone there, you will end up seeing our Download Festival vlog as well. Great time. All of the festival vlogs. All of the festival vlogs, yeah. Um, but the gig, it was just incredible. Starting from Malevolence, it was nice to see so many people there. I think for a support band, especially at like the first band on the bill. like They're not small, but you don't always see that. And it was just having that bigger crowd. Seeing like the videos even still online of the circle pits. The size of that circle pit, man. It was unreal. It's absolutely crazy. So... They they really fully converted me into a fan, and I need to listen to more. Well, it was yeah. it was great that for a venue of that size, the room was as full as it was because yeah. it's a big place. It's, it's a big problem with like large venues. I mean, more so I guess arenas, but like we completely missed Nova Twins when we saw Bring Me because we just physically could not get in because the queues were so long. And we so missed Behemoth when we went to no, we missed Behemoth as well because queues getting in. Well, and we were drinking in a spoons beforehand. True. Um, yeah, Malevolence, I think um, for a band as heavy as Malevolence to be in that room and having that sort of crowd reaction is just so deserved for them because they've been putting in so much work. I saw them in Oxford just before Christmas and they were incredible. And they've now been promoted to, I think, headlining the Sophie Lancaster stage at Bloodstock, replacing Hatebreed, nice. which is a massive slot. And yeah, they deserve it. Fair play to them. Um, so, yeah, Malevolence were fucking sick. And then Sleep Token. Ritual number three? Yes. Yep, third one for us. I mean, yeah, what can be said that we've not probably already said before? There's just a a hold over the audience that they have when they come on stage. It's, 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 it's so yeah, different. It's nothing like I've really ever experienced before because um, 
and it's not to discredit Architects because their set was amazing, but there's just this captivation that when Sleep Token perform from, I think it is the sort of combination of the lore and the, the way they present themselves, but also the way that they all move on stage is so... Bass player was on point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His presence was yeah. phenomenal. Their presence and their connection to what they're playing in the moment is unmatched, I think. Um, yeah. What did you guys think? I think it was incredible. Um, I knew straight away how much I wanted to pit for Architects, so there's part of me that was like, let me be a bit more reserved for Sleep Token. But then, like, I think song two was Hypnosis, and I was like, fuck this shit, I'm going in the pit. And so I just bailed, I think, on all of you guys and just and went and pitted for that. And then, like like normal, the offering started, and I was gone, as were a few others. But, like, it's just... Again, the crowds that they're starting to, like, bring and draw in, the attention they're getting... But still, only just putting out their second album is something pretty magnificent. To be fair, just phenomenal. I can't say enough good shit about it. Really, I don't think I have much to add there. Um, <laughs> my own, the only thing I didn't like so much isn't Sleep Token's fault at all. And I've realised the times I've been to Ali Pali, it's been like in the dead of winter because I've always resented like the long walk to the station, how fucking cold and wet it is, and horrible and miserable. Not inside the venue, outside the venue. Um, but I've realised why, and it's because it's so bright in there. Yeah, they need some, they've got a massive skylight, curtains, and yeah. I feel like we couldn't fully appreciate the production for the support bands because it was still so light in there. Yeah, yeah, it felt almost like being a festival yeah. stage in a way because yeah. But yeah, they need some blackout curtains. <laughs> <laughs> but the light had faded in time for the architects to begin their set. That production to start off with that kind of leading into it was incredible. Um, some of the lighting was fantastic. The screen behind them. I love when there are like visuals oh, it was queued so up to good. the song on a big screen. Um, <sighs> like the kind of ramps they were on as well. And like every now and again, Sam would disappear off like kind of behind the drum kit. Yeah, and it was up on the central the bit. It's like, oh, that's sick. So it's like the coolest thing because the amount of times that we've all seen them now is like you see the production just increase and increase to like a bigger and bigger scale. and the things they're able to do in these big arenas now and I would have liked some confetti cannons. Oh uh, yeah. That that has been a good one in the past. A I've good loved. a good well timed confetti cannon with a riff starting. Oh. It's very good. Especially like on an encore at that point. Yeah. Oh, I remember like them proper... doing it I remember them doing it with Doomsday before mm. and it was just really cool. So I remember them doing it at, at um All Points East with I think Modern Misery as soon as like right from the start as well. And it was like that was mm. strong from the get go. But like an 18, I think, 18 song set list, I think it was I in the end of right, it, yeah. was just unrelenting, non-stop. I was severely dehydrated by the end of that. I will say this. Any uh, negative thing people have to say about the new album is washed away when it's, you hear it live. Yeah, so was, much better live. What was your... Because obviously I'd seen them before in Oxford, seeing some of the new songs. What was your response to them? What stood out? What, what hit that you didn't expect? I was surprised by Little Wonder. Yep. Like, that had a lot more energy and oomph live than I think it did on a recording. Yeah, I think some songs that sort of slip out of my mind when I choose to listen to Architects slapped live, like Giving Blood, I thought was amazing. And I wouldn't normally go to that song first if I'm putting Architects on. Me, after watching that in October, completely changed my opinion on that song in particular, and now it's become one of my favourites on that album because of it. Just because I've seen that live. Yeah, I, I don't know, all of them. They were, it was all great. We love Architects. They killed it. Yeah. And it was Alex's first time at Alexander Palace. 
beautiful. There's, I, a, there's a nice shot of you in the vlog as we walk in going, wow, this is fucking insane or something <laughs> along those yeah, lines. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I've, I don't think I've ever experienced a venue like that where it's the floor feels like an arena floor, but it just goes on and on and on and there's no big seats all around you. It was just bizarre, but it was beautiful and it perfectly suited the sort of grand nature of the new music that Artex have put out on the, al- on the latest album. So, yeah, it all seemed to just align perfectly. And I get to go back there for the snooker in January. <laughs> Shall we speak now as if we're having him on the podcast? I'm bringing you in as a guest. Let's welcome on Jonathan Frakes. Thank thank you very much for coming. Much appreciated. You've got some questions for us. In the interest of full disclosure, we've got a busy few months coming up. And we saw that meme of the guy asking loads of random questions. And we thought, what if we just answered them? So that's what we're doing. So (laughs) here we go. Have you ever walked out of a mall into a huge parking area and realised... You'd forgotten where you parked your car. Well, I'm the only driver of the three of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, all the time. I mean, basically, I've been, basically anywhere I go. I've been with people and been like, where the fuck do we park? And completely just not mm. realised and trying to remember that. But yeah, this is, impor- this is an important one. Let's tie this into music. <laughs> <laughs> this is an important one for Download Festival. Oh, because fuck. it's a really big car park. So you've got to try and pick out a landmark. Mm. Of roughly where you parked, if you want to go back and visit the car again. There's a tree 500 yards yeah. dead in front of us. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know if they're like too old to answer this question, to be honest. I'm not going to grow up. Never going to grow up. What's the right tip? A, 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 well, it's meant to be 10%. 10%. Meant to be 10%. But to be honest, working hospitality as well, anything is much appreciated because most of the time people don't do that. Don't eat yellow snow. Oh, different kind of tip. <laughs> Have you called a plumber to your home lately? No. Nope. We need to, though. Yeah. We need to get our sink fixed. And also our shower. And also shower. Can you believe we don't we don't have a working shower, we have to bath. You're still, you're still washing your hands in the bath? <laughs> yep. Yep. Wash your hands in the bath. Yeah, hey, so why did the sink break, though? Because I dropped a, a toothbrush holder into the sink and it chipped it. And it's not, not just chipped, it's got a massive crack right cracked. in the middle. It's absolutely cracked and I chipped and it was my fault. Yeah, good job. How superstitious are you? Okay, I never was, but then being with one person who was like, you should never step on like three drains. Hmm. I or, now, yellow, or yellow snow. <laughs> or yellow snow. But you should never step on three drains. And so now that's something I consciously don't do because it's meant to be a superstitious thing, but I don't believe in the superstition. It's just, I don't know, a weird dynamic kind of thing. I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember what that's from. No. Um... A little bit. I don't like to, to push fate. But if I walk over three drains, it happens. You know? Look, I'm yeah, human. Consequences. Yeah. I'm not aware of any superstitions that I do. It's one of those things that... Like walking like, under I've, scaffolding probably, probably one I do the most. Probably do stuff that oh, I'm not realising. Yeah. I'm not fussed with that. Or it's one outside that Western town at the minute, walking under that. My girlfriend time. mentioned one about saluting a magpie the other day. And I thought... I couldn't even tell I've you heard, what a magpie looks that. like, <laughs> let alone that I have to salute one. I've heard that before. So now I'm just saluting every bird I see. What kind of salute are you giving them? Uh, pigeons are getting a two-finger salute. <laughs> Pricks. <laughs> How much money would it take to make you spend a night in a cemetery? Minimal. Not ma- what? I mean, quid. in terms of mm. cemeteries aren't that scary. No. But 
I've discussed it's, it's still inconvenient, isn't it, to, have to just go there? And... I've discussed the idea with some friends about doing a ghost hunt. So, I'm, I'm that doesn't bother me. If I'm doing that, I'm doing that. So what, like ten pound an hour? Yeah, yeah from, from sun sunset to sunrise. Yeah, that's that's cool. I could do a ten pound an hour. I don't no, believe in no. ghosts or anything. So, in terms of going on a ghost hunt, I don't think anything's gonna happen. So, meh. See, I value my time. So. I'm not scared of sleeping in the cemetery. <laughs> just the inconvenience. Yeah, just the inconvenience of like being away from home for a night, doing something that I don't necessarily like. It's not something I'd choose to do with my mm. spare time. But you're doing some money out of it, potentially. Potentially, but I, d- I don't know what What's value it? I'd put on it. I'd say like 500. For a proper, it's probably nights working. That's probably because you're not, right. probably not going to get much sleep, are you? Nah, no. Which means I mean, essentially, I, I'm I, being paid I, to do my 10,000 steps around a cemetery. Because I'll just be wandering around all night. That's one way to get arrested. <laughs> what are you doing? Excuse me, what are you doing it? Oh no, they're paying me. It's all right. <laughs> Would you display this as a trophy? And it's deer antlers. No, because I don't like hunting. And I think it's shit. Also, I'd also say no. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Also, like the space. Quite yeah, a space I'd rather put up a lovely flag. Yeah, I'd rather put up like a band flag or... Some shit like that. Yeah, a shelf. Some nice photos. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing on the shelf. Just, just, just the shelf. Hammers into the wall. And then, and my then a frame trophy. around the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> An empty frame. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a sweet tooth? Yes. You're a donut man, aren't you? I do love my donuts. You can, you can see evidence of this in pretty much all of our vlogs. Probably. Yeah. I will try. As soon as we get into like a, a town, a city, whatever, the donut hunt is on. Priority one. I'm looking forward to when we go to Manchester for the first time for Outbreak. In oh, God, yeah. A new donut hunt. A new donut hunt shall begin. I might have to take some, like, I might get a few 12 packs Krispy Kremes ready for download or something. Oh, it's just so good. <laughs> they stale, surely. Oh, they'll get eaten probably in day one. Carb will sell donuts. There's a carb on site. There'll shout. be a donut van on site. Oh, oh okay, that's good. Oh, donut reviews. Yeah. Okay, let's move away from donut. <laughs> I also have a sweet tooth. (laughs) (laughs) Do you believe in the power of a curse? No. I'd like to. It's quite a cool concept. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If 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 it was a real thing, that'd be that'd be quite fun. But yeah, like I like the kind of what they're called Native American curses, Mm. where you like do something on on like sacred. If you do something on sacred land, oh yeah, yeah, then there's like curses like. I think Wendingo is one of those, if you've heard of them. Like if I think the story is if you do something like resort to cannibalism mm-hmm. on sacred land, then you turn into like this Wendingo, which is like a zombie kind of thing. Oh, fuck. Quite, a creep, quite a creepy story. I've, I, it popped into my head as soon as you started that story that this is a music podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're doing horror stuff now. Yeah, yeah. nice. If you've played, played the game on Tool Dawn, you'll be aware of the Wendingo. Or Wendigo, I don't know the, the pronunciation. Listen to a, a different podcast if you yeah. want correct information. <laughs> Have you had your hearing tested lately? What? Hey. Excellent. Probably, no, we probably should, though, with all the gigs we go to. Yeah, might be a good thing. I do listen to my music excessively loud, yeah. but I also think I do have very good hearing because I can hear conversations from fucking ages away. People don't expect that I hear. Just eavesdropping. Mm. Dan? Uh, no, I haven't had a hearing test for a while. I probably should, like you mentioned. I did think I was going deaf a little while ago, but it was just that my right headphone was losing power. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, the speaker's not as strong as it used to be. 
Excellent. Can you remember the tallest man you've ever seen? You know what? I think I can. Go on. Reading, Reading Festival 2018, I think it was. Uh, Pendulum were playing in the, uh, the Radio 1 tent. This guy just comes and stands right in front of us. He must have been like, not even exaggerating, about six foot nine, six foot ten. Just stands straight in front. In fact, we were kind of in like a big group, so he only stood in front of one person, that was Callum. <laughs> and it was just really funny. Yep. You? Yeah. One comes to mind for me, but one I'm comes to mind, and I've same. just Googled what his height is. We grew up playing basketball. Same and, one, yeah. And uh, the team, the men's team of the club that we were in signed a former NBA player by the name of Priest Lauderdale, yep. who was seven foot four. Big and I was probably like 15, 14 or 15. 14, 15 yeah. So he was, he just looked massive. Yeah. It was unreal. Absolutely huge. And then like stacked as well. Yeah. Like he's a, a big guy, not just tall. Mm. It's like, oh, that's what an NBA player looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Lovely man though. Yeah. Very nice guy. Do you love to go a wandering beneath the clear blue sky? Yeah. You like a walk, don't you, Dan? I do like a walk. I walk pretty much every day. Yeah. Just, uh, headphones on. Have a little one. I don't mind a walk, it's, yeah. Uh, Probably one of the main ways Alex mentioned music. earlier as well, it's an, it's nice to listen to like pop punk. It's yeah. like State Champs, it's good. Mm. It's blue sky weather. Does your computer ever seem to have a mind of its own? Oh, got all the time. <laughs> Tell me about Bloody it. Bloody technology. Uh, no, not really. No. Have you ever visited a Chinatown section in a major city? London. I've not been. I have done the London I think, one. I think we've walked through the Birmingham one. Didn't stop Potentially. There. Because I think it's London, but... between the station and the O2 Academy. So I, th- I think, I think, a very I think brief, we walked through there. Brief kind of wonder. Yeah. You know, I, I did the London one once, a long, 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 long time ago. But don't really remember anything. Have you noticed how many successful restaurants are theme-based these days? Yeah, to be fair. I keep getting the one on TikTok that, that's like that Karen one. Where it's like the, oh, where they abuse you. Yeah, and I they literally like pay to like shout insults at you and like talk down to you like there's one day like people being in there being like oh can i get a vegan burger and they're like all all of them they'll get like the whole rest of the dining to like boo you and stuff like that they'll swear at you openly and that kind of thing they're paid to like properly go at you and it's like meant to be all like <laughs> no. dining experience i've seen that it's but so fucking we'll like for really it's funny. i like a job there <laughs> you enjoy that i imagine it, it could be like cathartic for anyone that's worked in a hospitality job that oh, hates man. it the, the, the thoughts be that... abusive to customers and be, be paid for it. Have you ever had the desire to write your initials in wet cement? I don't think I've ever like really walked past wet cement to then do that, but... Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I, I, don't, I don't desire to, but I think if the opportunity was there, I'd probably do it. Yeah, yeah I've yet to it. have the opportunity, opportunity to present I wouldn't draw my initials, though. Probably be a cock. A cock. Yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> we've Excellent. Got, we've got some, like part of our driveway at home is cement, and there's like footprints from cats and birds and stuff in it mm. they didn't draw their initials but they've just they drew a cock <laughs> <laughs> massive cat cock on there well next month we'll return to some music based discussions but for now thanks Jonathan <laughs> bye So this month, because we want to get hyped for festivals, we want you to get hyped for festivals. So instead of our usual album recommendations, we're just going to recommend that we all listen to our playlists. We've got four playlists for Slam Dunk, Download Festival, Outbreak and 2000 Trees, all on Spotify. 
Um, you can kind of find them through links via our socials as well. Go give them a listen. Go start jamming along to all these tunes we've put in there and created for it. Um, some incredible festivals, some incredible bands to see this summer. And uh, let us know as well in comments below if you're going to any of these festivals and who you're looking forward to seeing. And if you're not going to any of those festivals and you're listening to this thinking, oh, I want an album to listen to this month. I recommend just listen to your favourite album. Yeah. Just treat yourself. What is your favourite album? Let us know. Yeah, let us know. We've come to the end of another successful episode. We have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. We have. <laughs> have we? We've got a very busy summer coming up. We're going to Slam Dunk, Download, Outbreak, 2000 Trees and Truck. We'll have mini bonus podcast episodes doing a preview for each of those festivals. We'll have vlogs coming out afterwards. We have uh, a new Spotify exclusive show called the Ragamuffin Radio where we play you a selection of some of our favourite songs that we're listening to at the moment. There's a whole lot for you to go and check out. There'll be more video essays coming, more beginner's guides, some tied into the festivals that we've got coming up. So if you're going to them and there's bands on them that you don't know of and you want to check out, we kind of try and cover you with that as well. Um, wherever you're kind of viewing this, listening to this, follow us, subscribe, all those kind of things, like the video, and uh, stay tuned for a summer of many, many cool things. Yes. And if you're going to any of these festivals, please feel free to come and say hello. Especially at Download, we're going to have a lovely big flag of the logo up and about. So if we see you, say hello. It'll be very nice. Might even share a cider or something. And if we see you in a Muse t-shirt, fuck off. Consider it. War. <laughs> <laughs>